Hi, friends. Merry Christmas. It's official. Our 12 days of Christmas starts today. Every year we throw a Christmas party here at That Sounds Fun. But this year we're taking it up a notch and doing 12 shows in a row. So happy day one of our Christmas party. My name is Annie F. Downs. I'm your host of this party. And welcome to That Sounds Fun. Hey, the music in the background is also from today's guest, our buddy Phil Wickham. His album, Christmas, is incredible. I think you're really going to love it. If you haven't downloaded the rest of it yet, you need to grab it. It is so good. And he is here on the show today. Stop by the studio. We got to sit and chat, and I think you're going to love it. So Merry Christmas, friends. Let's kick off the party with one of our very favorite musicians, Mr. Phil Wickham. Yeah, there you go. That sounds great to me. Check, check, one, two, <laughs> check. Welcome. Um, I can't even do a good like 3 a.m. DJ voice like you just did. You had. I don't know that. Go. I don't think it was a, that was like a Batman voice or something. Oh, yeah. Check, 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 one, two, check. Okay, sorry. That's a very good Batman voice, actually. But also, can you also go with me that that's probably what a guy on the radio at 3 a.m. sounds like? Probably. When he's like calling the next song. It depends how, if he started at 8 or if he's just, yeah, yeah, I yeah. guess either way, <laughs> if he just started Either way, that's what somebody at 3, p- 3 yeah. a.m. is looking for, right. is that guy. Um, for starters, let me thank you for letting us use your Christmas music as our Christmas music. Oh, my pleasure. Have you heard it even yet? I've, yes. Okay. Yes. It, it, I don't know if we actually sent it to you and it was, it's been in front of your, you know, on your desktop Tis or whatever. It has okay, been in cool. front of my ears. All right. It's has it been in front of good. your ears yet? It's very good. <laughs> thank you. Um, that is really generous of you to let us do that. Oh, it's kind of you to want to so. play it on here. It's awesome. I think it's so fun. We're doing, uh, 12 days of Christmas. So we're doing... Mm-hmm. You're, I think more than any other musician, your songs could get played because we're doing our normal Monday, Thursday shows and then an additional 12 in December. Awesome. Well, thanks I'm for throwing it out. insane person. Christmas um, is fun, though. Yeah, right? Yeah, you get a little insane on Christmas. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things, but let's just keep going on the Christmas vibe for a second. What made you finally decide to do a Christmas record? Finally. That's a rude word yeah, to throw well, in there. because It can... makes you realize how uneducated you are on my discology oh boy, oh boy, because oh I already have <gasps> a Christmas no, record. No, don't tell me that. Do you? <laughs> no, but it came out a long time ago. Um, well, I mean, I, let me like just throw in decade. divine... Divine Romance. Like just, I'm, just I'm throw with that you word old out. school. I like I had the CD that I listened to in no, 2005. That's awesome. Thank you. So, and but I of, don't know Christmas. You're kind of off the hook too because um, I the Christmas record was like this little side project we recorded in a week. Me and my buddy, um, we literally said, "Let's see whatever happens in a week and let's put it out." Bull. Um, and kept the budget really cheap. <laughs> and and uh, and I thought, man. We can't put this on iTunes. It's got to be on my website. And yeah. Like, just so, you know, it's, it's not that. But it ended up connecting, you yeah, know, and people yeah. enjoyed it. But we didn't really release it as like a Christmas record. It's more like a side project. So okay. this is kind of the first official record out that we're getting behind. That makes me feel yeah, yeah, a smidge so. better. But does it also give you some hope that um, this is just real friendship to me? I didn't do a ton of research. Oh, I was no. like, oh, I know Phil Wickham. I've been listening to his stuff <laughs> for 12 years of my life or whatever. And we're going to sit in the same room. It'll yeah, be great. In a way, that is, that is uh, that's encouraging. I There's a rule with our podcast. Uh, there's only two kinds of people that are allowed to be on here. People yes. that I'm friends with or people I want to be friends with. Oh. And so I don't do research because you don't research friends before you meet them. Right. That's good. You internet stalk them, but I already follow you on Instagram, so who yeah, cares? I guess you're right. I've listened to podcasts before, but I started listening listening in the summer when you're doing... Right. What did you do call it? Any a summer. Any a summer. Yes. I was going to say summerogram, but that oh. didn't sound right. <laughs> Maybe um, that's what we'll do in no, 2020. that sounds like a weird, a weird app. That's, mm-hmm. um, 
But yeah, true. Enneagram Summer. And it was yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go here because you don't know your Enneagram number. I don't have much to, to talk about on oh, Enneagram. I'm going to get you there. I know people from Nashville always have a lot Is to it, talk uh, about. Yeah, you tell me because you're a California guy. Is it a Nashville thing? I think uh, I think it's a like how it's taken over so so much of my friends in Nashville. So much of my friends, so many of my friends in Nashville know about Enneagram. Yeah, I have to introduce Enneagram to a lot of my friends in San Diego. Really? Yes. Faith people and non-faith people. Yes. Okay. Um, That's good for me to know. Or at least introduce. Not that maybe they know what it is, but they don't. They've never. They never thought to dig enough deep to actually figure out. Yeah, they're not having conversations. They're like, about no, it. it's like a personality test or something. You yeah, know? that's right. There's obviously many people in Southern California that sure. that know sure. about it. No, I think this is great though. This is good to know that it because sometimes it feels like when it takes over the world I live in that it's taking over the world. Yeah, which is I'm very sure it is in a lot. Like, but in my little my little community, it's like yeah. oh, I've never really thought thought about it before. Yeah, I just like going to the beach. You know, <laughs> what do most of your friends do in California for jobs? And that's I well. Um, there's a lot of friends, and they well, do, do you, a lot of do a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah. But do you are you do you roll with all musicians? No. Okay. Um. So do you have friends that are like teachers and friends? Yeah. That are, yeah. Um, teachers. My a good buddy's accountant, and I've, my my other good buddy is a is a pastor. Yeah. Another good buddy owns a retail clothing store. Right. So what do they think about your job? I have a, I'm going somewhere with this question because yeah. it's been funny as this has become my job, author, speaker, podcasty kind of gal. Mm-hmm that my real life friends who I've grown up with and have other jobs are not that impressed. Yes. And it's great. Uh-huh. Yeah, my my friends uh depends who you're asking, you know, cuz I've like my neighbor friends um they're just like, you know, they're un- a lot of them are unchurched and yeah. and that they don't even they don't know at all about the world of like Christian you know, Instagram celebrities or like that you can travel and actually sell tickets singing about Jesus. It's yeah. like, it's not like, it's like so far removed from church. It's like, that's cool, bro. You yeah. know, it's not like maybe how it would have been in like the eighties. Like, Oh, that's, that's lame, dude. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, so I just say, yeah, right. I, my, my kind of spiel has become, um, yeah, I write, I grew up in the church and I started writing songs for my youth group to sing and it's crazy. These songs started going to other youth groups and then other churches. And then people gave me money to do a CD. Then all of a sudden, fast forward 10 years, these songs are being translated into other languages and yeah. churches around the world were singing them. Yeah. And so I just, I'm pretty much just a lot of people, way more people around the world know two or three of my songs than they know my name. Mm. Um, so I get to, I actually get the pleasure of following the songs and what God is doing through the songs. Yeah. Um, and follow the blessing of those um, to places I would never have been able to ever go to yeah. before. And people are like, wow, you know? So then they think in their minds, like, it's funny because um, we moved recently. And so new, getting new neighbors, you know, one's like Harvard grad dude, like, they're just, they're like awesome dudes, you yeah. know? Um, but they have no concept of what I do. And so when I'm I'm on this this tour right now with Bethel, yeah. and we're just like playing Chicago Theater. We'll be at Grand Ole Opry tonight, and um, I'm just sitting in pictures of like these sold out crowds and like yeah. these awesome rooms. Like they're like, <laughs> bro, I had no idea this is crazy, you know. So <laughs> right. um, it's cool. It's just like it's a great way to like begin a conversation about Jesus and faith, and it's been sweet to like get to know these guys for sure. How important is it to you that you know your neighbors where you live? Really important. Yeah, because I'm. I'm gone a lot, and yeah. so my, for my wife to have um, buddies and friends and people she trusts close by that she can like, we we lucked out uh-huh. where we moved. We moved to this cul-de-sac, 
um, where literally like people will come over and like just take my kids like to their pool for like three hours when my oh, wife makes wow. dinner. It's like how ri- many kids y'all have? We have four. Okay. Um, and and uh, just the sweetest. We have some really really sweet people around us. But yeah, really important. And I grew. It's weird because I grew up and uh, I think I grew up with the. And no one told me this, but I don't know if it's the church I grew up in or what or the the time of the decade or whatever. But I grew up kind of feeling like we're the we're the Christians. Everybody else is against us. Like let's mm. like keep to ourselves. Like because no one wants us to be here. That's yeah. I almost had this innate like in like deep feeling of that. Like, yeah. Like let's turn off the lights on Halloween. We go to our church's <laughs> thing. You know. <laughs> right. Like uh, are we sure we should put up a Christmas tree? Because there's some pagan uh, right. history to that. And so so I grew up kind of like you know we're we're it's us against the world. Uh-huh. And as I've grown up, I realized oh people love at least talking when I'm talking to it. It seems like people love just to talk to someone that has hope and joy, and a reason for living, and is normal, yes. and is loving, yes. and people want to be part of it. It's yes. like, it's so cool. It feels like there's a lot of conversation around there being, I've heard this probably five times this week, bizarrely, where people have said there's kind of an epidemic of anxiety in the U.S. 100%. And I, and when you say that, I, I'm resonating so much with that because I'm realizing, oh, that's the trick that we have. That's like the card in our back pocket is that we get to live with hope mm-hmm. and it's just an open door to talk to people who don't, who are anxious. Yeah. That aren't believers just to go, yeah, we're, yeah, I have hope. Yeah. I can still, and, and there are a lot of believers who deal with anxiety and depression, all that. It's one, it's not one or the other, but man, what a difference for those of us that have hope. I can't imagine. I've, I've grown up all my life knowing about God and thankfully, I've, and by the grace of God, there, I remember there's crossroads where it's like, I could have made a really stupid decision, mm-hmm. you know, but God like, he, he kept me from it, you know, and even even small things like not going to this party or going, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just God gave me grace in that, and I've just tried to follow Him my whole life. Um, so so those moments of it hitting me, it's like wow, these there's people or this this person or in this moment, there's people that woke up this morning without like, I mean, I, like the purpose that it, it comes with knowing Jesus in your life, like the meaning, the hope, the like. With I, I can't imagine waking up without like the reason that the Bible gives me of why I exist. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Almost like a living hope, some would say. Almost like, some would say living hope. <laughs> some would say... Some would even title the record living <laughs> hope. <laughs> um, no, you're. I, I mean, one of the things I hold on to is there is someone who knows this story, and it's okay if it's not me, but mm. there's someone who knows where the story is going. Yeah. That I am not without someone carrying me. Totally, and I don't know how you live without that. Yeah, I've been I've been listening. It's kind of along the same lines, but it just makes me think like it's good news, right? It's yeah. such good news. Um, and all my life, I've thought of the gospel like gospel means good news. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so all my life, I've thought of the gospel in maybe a smaller way than I than I should be until recently because I've been listening and reading some books and and some theology podcasts and stuff. But because when you we like ta- this one, like this one, yeah, 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 when yeah. You yeah. talk about because when when I talked about the gospel, the gospel is. You deserve punishment, but Jesus took it on the cross. Believe, uh-huh. not go to heaven, and uh, which is which is a beautiful part, a very concise part of of the gospel. Mm-hmm. But like when you actually read like the gospel and and what it means to say the good news, like the the, the disciples and the authors weren't necessarily talking about like this little piece of what Jesus did, but yeah. like Jesus said, the kingdom of God is near. Yeah, you know that the good news is that. The king who was over the world is being overpowered by the real king of the world. 
And now we can align ourselves under that king yeah. and live accordingly. Yeah. Not not as like a bunch of afraid Christians waiting in our bedrooms with the candles on, waiting for heaven to come, uh-huh. but as people that are bringing heaven here, you know, yeah. and living in that hope. I mean, that the good news, it's like not the good news of what, of what Jesus did this one time, or the good news of what he said this one time, but it's like the good news of Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is the good news. Yeah. And what he did and how he reigns now. And yes, and what he did on the cross and the resurrection and that we could be saved. Uh-huh. But it's like, it's the whole, like the gospel, um, I don't know if it's even ever meant to be like, it, it's beautiful and very handy to have the four part Come on. plane ride gospel. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, yeah. here's the Romans road, the you know? Pa- yeah, the little pamphlet. <laughs> yeah, that's very handy. And and has, and has many millions and billions of people have, have come to saving knowledge of Jesus through it. It's amazing. But once you start digging, it's like, wow, there's... The good news is that Jesus reigns now, and yeah. and Jesus and Jesus has shown us who the Father is in a clear way, and he's a he's a God that bends to to the adulterous woman and says, "I don't condemn you, and I don't throw yeah. a stone." He's yeah. the God that touches like the deaf man's, which is weird, but he touches his tongue and puts his ears, his hands in his ears, which I just read this for the first time. It felt like, uh-huh. and and I talked to a pastor friend of mine. It's like, yeah, what a lot of people think he was doing is like, because it says he pulled him away from the crowd. And looked him in the eye, like not trying to gain popularity by showing, mm-hmm. showing everybody what he could yeah, do. Yeah, not doing a magic trick. Yeah, but like, I'm going to heal your tongue. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to open your ears, like signing to the man because he couldn't talk or hear. Yeah. Getting on his level. You know, just like in every way, Jesus getting to the level of the people he loves so that he can save them. And yeah. That's the God. And that's the good. I don't know. There's so much hope. That's good. You know what I mean? Yes. And then you start living in that, not living in this thing of like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Becomes a... A life of of love and surprising people with love and it's cool. I'm starting. To, I feel like I'm morphing into a new place in that. You know. Yeah. What's the catalyst for that? Do you know? Uh, another podcast called The Bible Project. Oh, listen! I love those guys so much. Yes, it's awesome. It's awesome. That the so the Bible Project and a, a book called God Has a Name oh, by, by John Mark Comer. You need to know, you need to know <laughs> that John Mark Comer is kind of, we are collectively at this podcast, his biggest fangirls. Uh, I can, his guys, new book's coming but, out soon, right? Yes, I've already read it. Uh, he, he said he was sending me early and he I'll did give it. it to you before you leave. Come on, I have John. one here. I'm such a fan of his work. God Has a Name changed me. Yep. When I was like, oh, there are other gods. Like that whole, like, it's not that there aren't other gods. It's that that's why he said, "Have no other gods before me." Yep. There are other gods. He's just Yahweh. Yeah, he's a different kind of God. Yeah, who mean, are you, God? I can't show you everything I am because you die, but I'll tell you who yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm full of compassion, rich, rich in love, slow to anger, abounding yes. in love and faithfulness from generation to generation. It's like you are a different. Do you kind read of God. all his stuff? Have, have you been a fan of his for a while? I have. Yeah, I've, I've known John, um, John Mark since before he. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah. I, have, I have these acoustic records called Sing Along. Yeah. Um, the first one was at. When he wasn't the main pastor of the church, but he was the college ah, guy. Oh, sure. And yeah. Call, I, I, he called it The Way. Yeah. And, and I did it, I did my first record there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I've known him for a long time. Yeah. My brother was on staff with him up in Portland for five years. <gasps> that's right. I knew that. You should listen to the latest, um, well, I don't the know. Bible Project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all. Yeah, I think they're great. Okay, so what's the, do you remember which one it's called? This uh, one? Well, they're doing a series right now called How to Read the Bible, uh-huh. which has been very helpful. They went through like. The minor prophet. I mean, stuff you'd think was not interesting is is blowing my mind. Yes. Minor prophets and the law, um, prophecy. Yeah. Um, and now they're going through how to read the gospels. And okay. so yeah, it's it's in that series of how to read the gospels. They have uh, this amazing, which I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, N. T. Wright, this amazing theologian. Um, I don't know if you are familiar with him. I am. I okay. love him. And uh, so they did this 
Q&A with him, this conversation, and that that was mind-blowing and yeah. beautiful to get into. I think his name is Thomas. Yeah, I think so. Tom? Tom Tom Wright? I would literally never call him that. Yeah. Would you? Hey, Tommy. I'd be like, uh, Mr. <laughs> hey, Wright. Hey, Big T. <laughs> <laughs> big T. I know. He's never going to come on the show now. <laughs> uh, Professor N.T. <laughs> yeah, that's right. His uh, book on Paul. Have you read his book on Paul? I haven't, I haven't read anything of him. I've just oh, heard him speak yeah. and watch YouTubes. Yeah. Um, his book on Paul. I'm not a... Traditionally, Paul and I struggle because I feel like he's a little bit bossy for my liking. I don't feel like he was as sympathetic as I wanted him to be sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But reading N.T. Wright's book on Paul, I was like, it just gave me, what, I met probably him. A very more rounded out yes, idea yes. of who and like Paul is. Contextually and yeah. what what he would have been like in 50 AD or whenever he was alive. You know, like just kind of building out his person for me. Taking things in the Bible at their translated just simple face value without any study or looking into it can be a real downfall into understanding what the Bible's really saying or what someone is really trying to communicate. Yes. Uh, downfall in the fact that I think we it's just like the more the more I am taught by people that are way smarter than me, the more I realize I wasn't wrong. I just was shallow in my mm, thinking, you know? Mm. And it's like there is so much depth here that adds so much clarity, you yes. know? And so that's what it's been I think for the first time in my life, like I, I'm excited about the Bible more than I've ever been. You know what I mean? Because huh. it's I realize there's there's it's so much less shallow than my 20th century American mind just translates. Yeah. You know, I'm very excited. I think that's important for people to hear too that what you're saying and what I'm 100% agreeing with you is not that we could read the Bible and go, ah, this word isn't right. No. It's not that anything's wrong. The whole thing is true and the whole mm-hmm. thing is inerrant. It is deeper than we know. That's Thank you. You probably saved my... My rear end because someone <laughs> know, might someone might have someone might have interpreted what I was saying in a different way, but that is exactly what I'm saying. No, no, no. Yes, I know. Yes, because I there it, that's a wrestle I have of going like I know the whole Bible is true. I struggle with this part or mm-hmm. with this with a Paul or with characters or with stories, and so then what we get to do is go well. Let me learn more, not yep. let me call this part wrong. Yep. So, yeah, it's I, beautiful. There's just so much to meditate on and to dig in. And mm-hmm. the more I learn, the more I'm amazed, and the more I want to know more. Yes. The more I realize I know way less than I thought I did. Yes. And, and yeah, it's beautiful. Man. And that's what happens. Like when I was reading that thing about the alabaster box, I was like, how many times have I read this story? And I had no idea that Jesus said the word gospel right there. And, I, and I'm reminded right now, too, just for anybody that's listening, like I'll reiterate in my, I'm a, I'm the worst at reiterating. Oh great! Um, but you're when, the worst at it or the best at it. The worst. Okay. Like when I try to, when I read a whole book, it's like in my heart, and I know I like, I'm, I'm meditating, but to like speak back, like my brother is the best at it. Uh huh. Like he can take a uh, massive idea and then tell you about it in two paragraphs, <laughs> correct? Like like without saying um like, uh-huh. and like right. you know. <laughs> So I try to reiterate to my wife. I'm like, listen to what this podcast was about. And she's just like, you're just making me discouraged. Like, I can't read the Bible on my own because uh, I need to know all this history and all this oh, da- all this background. Yeah. I'm like, you are s- that's, that's the opposite of what I felt when I listened to this. Yeah. But also, uh, that's a great thing to bring up, I think, in yeah. situations like this. is like you can read the Bible at face value and see how kind Jesus is and then and say, I don't get this and yeah. say, that's a mystery. And there's blessing and beauty. I mean, you don't have to have a, a degree, because I certainly don't, to gain the benefits of the living word changing your life. Yes. And so also, just want to put that in there for anybody that's listening, good. too. Thank you. Because that, that's what my wife, she's like, I just want to like read 
be still know that I'm a God. And yeah. not, I don't need to know the backstory. I would love to, but yeah. right now I've got to do the laundry, you know? Yeah. And so can I just read that? And am yeah. I still a good Bible reader? It's like, yeah. oh, yeah. Like, sorry if I made you feel that way. So <laughs> sorry for you listening. Like, no, so tell me, if for someone who's listening, we have friends that listen that don't believe everything we believe and that are just kind of exploring. Yeah. Where would you tell them to start? If they're just going to go face value and they've just downloaded the version app of the Bible or someone, is, they end up getting a Bible for Christmas, where do you want them to start? That's a great, great question. Thank you. I, I might, um, my, my neighbors who have recently become Christians, which is awesome, yeah. and, and, and also others that are searching, um, I send them to two or three of my favorite uh, podcasts from churches I love. Yeah. Um, one is my brother. One is the church I go to, Light Church in Encinitas. Another one is John. Is, is Bridgetown. Yeah, Bridgetown. I don't miss a Bridgetown. Yeah, they're sure. so good. And I and Bridgetown is probably the one I, I, I say, if, like, if you really want to start learning, like, what the Bible says mm-hmm. and and how you can apply it to your life, like that that's like the next step. Or if mm-hmm. you're even curious, and there's teachers that do that, you know? Yeah. And and John Mark is one I point to. Where does or you, Louis, where Louis Evan, Giglio is another yeah. person I point people to. Where's Evan the pastor? Uh, it's called Park Hill, Park Hill um, Church in San Diego. And he planted that about two years ago. Okay. And it's so cool to see. I mean, there's hundreds of people going now. Yeah. And it's thriving church. It's yeah. beautiful. Um, sorry, I interrupted you. You said Louis. Louis Giglio. Yeah, li- like, guys, like guys I trust and... Love, like, what about a woman? What woman would you send them to? What woman would I send them to? I haven't personally like dug into a ton of women preachers other than sitting. I've I've led at a lot of Joyce Meyer conferences. Yeah, we're um, we're together twice next year. By the way, you are and me. we? Awesome. It's, it's me. It's me, Joyce Meyer, and Stephen Furtick. Yes. And I said I don't know who they meant to send this email to, <laughs> but I'm saying yes before it's they be fix amazing. it. And you're at both of those two, I think. Oh, cool. I know, rad. We'll um, be in Atlanta and somewhere else. I'll have, sounds great. Yeah. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll see you in 2020. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually leading at. Um, well, people listen to it in Christmas. So I've led it too this year in 2019. And uh, I love sitting under her messages. And yeah. it's, it's a total different, I think that's a great way for, for a person to start just understanding what, it, what it's like to, to live life with a God-centered, with God-centered principles mm. and ideas for living and yeah. get your mind off yourself, get it on other yeah. people. Love Jesus. Love. I just love her. She's simple, hard truth about what it means to follow Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, that she's would be a great way to start yeah. learning about what the Bible says. Yeah, she is such a trailblazer, too. I mean, she is like really taken heat and let a lot of us walk behind her. Yeah. We will not be able to thank her this side of heaven for what she, the way she has suffered yeah. as a woman up front. She is but, for sure blazed a trail. Uh, Mac Brock, who's one of my bros, says yep. that those conferences are fascinating. That there's they like are. so many different people, and it's so. I think y'all may have been together. We are a few we, weekends ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've been together twice. We'll yeah. be, have been together twice this year. Yeah. Um, with with another sweet couple called the Torwaltz, mm-hmm. um, Brian and Katie. Yes. And, and we're all leading on stage together the whole time. And uh, yeah, they are fascinating. Yeah. Because um, her reach is so, she is, some people know, but I think a lot of people don't realize how giant reaching her ministry is to yeah. like just tens and tens of countries and people all over the world can access Joyce's teaching. And That's uh, crazy. And so, it, so people from all different kind of belief systems and walks of life and ideas about God come out to these conferences because yeah. they see her on TV and they hear her on podcasts and see her on Twitter. And it's beautiful. I love yeah. it. You know? I was touring one weekend and I was in Charlotte where Mac and Meredith live. And so I, he landed like two hours before our bus pulled in. So I just took a Uber to their house and ate lunch with him. And he was mm-hmm. like, 
we got to talk about these Joyce Myers conferences. They're so interesting and they're so fun and it's amazing. And I was like, Mac, I know I'm going to be on there with y'all next year. Yeah, they're great. So, Especially, so we do, There's she, she does a couple ticketed ones a year, uh-huh. but most of what Joyce does is free, which is oh, awesome. Yeah. Like in giant arenas, she'll she'll do it for free. Yeah. And she just hope people maybe leave and buys a book and that's how they... That's how they, you know, pay for the whole thing. Yeah. And so because it's free, it's the free ones are the ones you want to really see the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then it's just like, where I don't know where all these people came from, <laughs> but they are awesome. This is y'all, are, y'all could not be more different as yeah, a crowd. Yeah, totally. Yeah, from your neighbor. Totally. <laughs> That's it's, pretty it's rad. It's beautiful. Okay, so those are great. We'll link to all that stuff so people can start there if they're learning. And also, it's about to be the new year. And a lot of people jump in and go, okay, I haven't ever read through the whole Bible, but I'm going to do it this year. Yeah. Another cool thing, we talked about Bible Project podcast, which is takes some time to digest, but they also have, as you know, the videos. Yeah. Um, so Bible Project, if you just search the Bible Project on YouTube, yeah. they have these concise videos on everything from every, they have ha- like every book, synopsis right? on every book of the Bible, um, word studies on holiness and covenant and, uh, you know, law and all these different things. I mean, they have... They have a, and they're so digestible. They're so digestible. They're, so they're animated, but not like, don't think Disney animation. Yeah. Think like really hip, cool, yeah. like interesting artistic animation. Yeah. Um, it's very, very awesome. So that, that, that would be another place to start. Yeah, I love all of their, all, I have that their big book that has the, yeah. on for every, oh man, I just think it's, it's cool. It's a terrible description. We'll have to no, link no, no, to no. it. So people yeah, say, yeah. I have that like big book. It's yeah, cool. I know, but I know what you're talking about. I have it too, actually. <laughs> It's beautiful. It's like it's what just, every conference gives like to the it's that's a backstage. It, yeah. That's it. So here's the real question. How many things from gift bags do you leave in hotel rooms? Oh my goodness. Um well I was so bummed. I, I played at a Bethel conference. And if you know Brian Johnson, then you know that it, it makes so much sense that I got a giant hunting knife. I was gonna say a, a, a gun yeah. or a knife or beef. I'm just, and I'm just like, I just gotta have, have my backpack. I can't I can't take this, buddy. Yeah, you know, and so they they'll, they'll ship it to me. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I take I like it. if I can fit it in my bag, I'll take it. it. That's how I am. If I can handle the if the weight will fit in my bag. Yeah, because they're I usually it nowadays home. it's like whoa, diffu- an oil diffuser. And that's right. <laughs> And like, uh, what are the little, what are those little Alexa things? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I've gotten yeah, yeah. like those tiny little Alexa speakers. I'm like, this is amazing. It's like yeah. Christmas right yeah, now. Yeah, right. I know. I, I try to bring home as much as I can, but I'm also always like, okay, they left me four books and I have no space. Right. May the Lord take these into the hands of the right people yes. right after me because uh-huh. I cannot, I cannot exactly. fly all this home. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation with Phil to tell you about our friends at Able. We are so excited that we get to partner with Able for a couple of episodes during these 12 days of Christmas, during our Christmas party. You heard Jordan and Barrett from Able just last week on the show. You should go back and listen to that one if you haven't already. But Able is a lifestyle brand that is challenging the culture of the fashion industry by creating transformative opportunities for women. Founded in 2010 as a means to bring employment to disadvantaged women and communities relying on charity. April began as a single collection of scarves back when I worked there, but has since evolved into a full lifestyle brand. They now have beautiful leather bags, handmade jewelry, denim, apparel, and shoes, and they're all manufactured in the communities they wish to impact, both locally at the company's headquarters here in Nashville and globally in Ethiopia, Mexico, Brazil, and India. In fact, you guys should definitely check out their gift guides on their website from the minimalist to the creative type or the self-care enthusiast. I think they are all really great gift guides that will help you kind of see what to purchase for people. And personally, I use my Alim backpack 
mm, every single day of my life. And it is one of my very favorites. So I think y'all would really enjoy that. So anyone who missed it during the show week before Thanksgiving, we have our That Sounds Fun 25 code reactivated, friends. So if you go to Live fashionable.com and use the code that sounds fun 25 you get 25% off your purchase and that expires on Christmas Eve so you got to order before that that sounds fun 25 for 25% off anything you want to buy from Abel so it's livefashionable.com and remember that code that sounds fun 25 expires on Christmas Eve today's show is also brought to you by our friends at scan digital With smartphones, you guys, we all capture life's most precious memories instantly and can relive them anytime. But what about those memories trapped on VHS tapes or film reels or printed pictures? We'd all love to have digital versions of those too. So Scan Digital is here to make that part easy for you. Scan Digital converts your photos, VHS tapes, old films, slides, and even negatives into dependable digital files. Most videotapes are 30 plus years old, and if they're not stored correctly, they are nearly in a state where digitization is difficult. Reel-to-reel film is more than 60 plus years old, and most analog photography is now, I don't know, 20 plus years old. If these were not developed correctly or not stored correctly, they are most definitely not going to stand the test of time. But with Scan Digital, you don't have to figure out how to do it yourself, spend hours at a scanner, or just let your old memories fade away. Scan Digital will convert everything, and in only three weeks, you'll receive your originals back, which means you can get them by the end of the year, along with new digitized copies. And if you're not 100% satisfied, they will reprocess everything for free. Join half a million satisfied customers and go to scandigital.com slash fun for 50% off, y'all. That is five zero. This is their best offer ever. But hurry because it ends soon. Go to scandigital.com slash fun and get your memories back in digital form to share with your loved ones over the holidays. Again, you get 50, 5-0, 50% off at scandigital.com slash fun. And now back to the party. Okay, can I be a fan for a minute, and then we'll oh, do- d- dive into Christmas? I'm, I mean, that's been, kind of you, yeah. I've been a fan this whole time we've been sitting here, but I cannot tell you how much your music has meant to me in my life. Oh, that's awesome! I mean, it is like really a divine romance. And back that first was that your first album? Yeah, it was. Well, yeah. I had an independent thing before, but yeah. it was my first album with the what label. year? Two thousand five? No, it sounds seven, about right. Seven six? or six. Yeah, I can tell you what house I lived in just because I listened to it every day as I was getting ready. Let's see. So I graduated in 02 high school. So 02, 03, 04, 05, 18, 19, 20. I would have been 22 when it came out. So 07. Okay. Uh, do you know Drew Warsham from that's te- in Texas? Yes. Okay. I, I, I believe so. Yeah. I don't think I know him. I don't, wouldn't yeah, know him. Yeah, I think you would know. He pastors a church down there. He's also a magician. Cool. And in 2006 or whatever, he came to a camp that I was working at and he told me about you. Oh. And he was like, have you ever listened to this guy? The CD's incredible. Wow. CD, that's the... Yep. And and I've been on the train ever since. That's and so, so kind of you. Thank that you. Whole, that first album marks... I mean, I decided to move to Nashville as with that as my soundtrack. Oh, wow. And so I, I just have never gotten to tell you to your face how much uh, your music has, has soundtracked my opportunities to obey God in ways that felt scary. Mm, thank but you. But you have been such a gift like that for me. So thanks for sharing that. Well it's very, very kind of you. I really mean it. When we all start when we started this whole conversation, I was like, about you being on the show and us using your Christmas music, I was like, huh. Like can you go back 
12 years and tell yourself, at some point you'll sit in a podcast studio in a city you don't live in, doing a job you didn't know existed because his music 12 years ago was walking with you as you were deciding to move to the city. Mm. And I, it just is like a little that is too a crazy much sentence. for my brain, you know? Yeah, it's too much for mine. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot, right? Yeah. Um, Thanks but, for, ch- for sharing a little bit about that. That's awesome. Well, thank you for your what you do. Yeah. when It's weird. When people share share any kind of stories about how the, rec- the, the songs have been involved with their life, it's it's like it's all, I mean, it just feels like the first time. It doesn't get old. Yeah. It's so sweet. Well, good. I hope That's so. amazing. Thank yeah. you. Well, you're welcome. When On a day that comes in the next six months when you think, do I want to keep doing this? And is, is am I glad I've done this with my life? <clears throat> I don't think I, I will think that. Good. If there's a moment, <laughs> yeah. just remember this. Yeah. And remember that it really matters to a lot of us. Thank you. Um, now it's your turn to brag on Crosspoint Music and yes. on our church. Yeah. If you would like to, since I know they're what an awesome crew. Oh, right. I love. I I want to hang out so much more with them. Yeah. Um. But for those of you who don't know, so I, we've talked a little bit. I've got a Christmas record out. Yeah. You might have heard a bar or two. Yeah. At the beginning of this <laughs> yes. podcast. Um. Since but, Thanksgiving, so they've heard it a lot. Okay. Sorry then. Yeah. For all Sorry, of, for hearing me over and over and over. <laughs> Uh, but uh, a big part, a big vision for this record was getting some moments where it felt like there's just a group singing along. But we yeah. wanted we wanted to be a little bit, we wanted to be a couple levels above just like corporate worship kind yeah. of recorded, like not not just like sounding live, but sounding like well people that knew how to sing. That's right. People that know what to do. They were. Yeah, in you the didn't room. call me. You called <laughs> the worship team. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I called Mike. <laughs> yeah. Grayson. And yeah. I said I and and uh, and we he didn't have a lot of time. I was like, hey, I'm gonna be in Nashville. I think like next week. Yeah, I think it was a week after. And and we just had this idea. Um, we're trying to gather a group of people to come and sing on this thing and and give it and give it some real like community life, you know. And I don't know if your team would be interested or. Whatever, but I mean, I'd be so honored. You know, I I always feel like everybody's got better things. That's just sure, this is me. Totally, I've got better you. thing to do. I mean, you got you got set list to get to gear. You got stuff to do. I'm yeah, sorry yeah, yeah. to even put this on you, yeah, but yeah, yeah. if it sounds fun at all, yeah, I'm gonna be at this studio and literally like within 20 minutes. Yeah, Mike I sent me a text back. He's like, is 20 people too much? Because I've got 20 people. <laughs> I'm like, actually, 20 people is too much. I don't think we can fit. Can we do 15? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, how about 18? I'm like, well, done. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and just the sweetest group of people came into the studio mm-hmm. and brought such joy and and such talent yeah um, and so much to this record. Uh, they're on a song called Joy of the World. They're on a song called Face of God. They're on Away in a Manger. I think they're on one or two others. Just like yeah. picking, making the choruses sound epic and moments sound really beautiful. Oh, we did this version just to end the record. A little benediction moment. I, we took that, we wish you a Merry Christmas, and uh, changed the timing a little bit and the words. So it's just all of us singing together. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And then there's an, we wrote another verse. May peace wrap its arms around you. Let peace wrap mm. its arms around you. And then may your heart be filled with wonder. May your heart be filled with wonder. May your heart be filled with wonder. But Christmas is you. And they're all just, we're all just kind of uh, singing it around the mic. Yeah. And I'll never forget that night with them. Yeah. So I can't wait till next time we hang out. I'll, I mean, I'll call them on my next record. Yeah. And Cheryl Stark's version of Living Hope. (laughs) She made me fall. I I, had already recorded that song, and she made me realize I really, really love that song. Yeah. After I heard her sing, I was like, whoa, I'm I'm happy I put this on my record because she is. She is amazing vocalist yeah. and carries so much authority. That's it, right? That's yeah. uh, that's what I've said to her is so I'm doing a tour with Compassion in 
February and March of 2020. And awesome. they're coming with me, Mike and Cheryl. Cool. And so the thing good. I said about Cheryl is she's the right woman to do that because she's going to go there and worship and she's inviting you along, but us coming is not determining whether she's going to go. Yeah. Because her, she is like, I go to worship. Man. I want to invite y'all, but I'm not going to that's the kind of leader you get... want to follow. Right. Not like, am I doing okay? Are you guys coming? Right. It's like, you guys, I'm going right. to enjoy the presence of God. Yeah. Sit at his feet and show you how great it is. Yeah. Model it, you know? And everybody's like, I want that too, you know? Right. That's what she does. Yeah. So. Um, as a part of the teaching team at Crosspoint and as part of that church, thank you so much for calling them and letting them be a part of that with you. It meant the world to those people. I probably meant, I, I, I'm 100% sure it meant more to me. <laughs> well, they were, they were thrilled to be a part, and they just think so highly of you. Like, I saw them today. We had rehearsals today for Sunday, and um, Mike was like, oh, tell them I said hi. And, I mean, they just think you feel like a friend to them. Vice versa. So I'm really grateful for that. Okay, so back to my original question. What makes you love the idea of doing songs for Christmas? Yeah, well, I did a Christmas record. I think we mentioned it earlier um, years ago, and it was a beautiful time um, recording it. And, uh, man, I just thought it was time again. There's, I was thinking over the last 10 years, I mean, it's, a lot has happened and a lot of n- new listeners to my music. Yeah. Uh, the music has reached a lot of new people, and I thought, man, to, to get a new offering out there of Christmas songs— I love Christmas music. I mean, it's, I mean, all of, so many of us do. All right. I guess it's kind of polarizing. I hear, once in a while, I hear the people that are like haters on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but most people, I think, just, it's tight. You got some haters releasing it in October. I, I saw know. it on Instagram. I was like, everybody pump the brakes. Yeah, Wait, you want it to release it on Christmas Day? I know. When we aren't it able, is early. Able to listen? I, I get it. It's not the holiday season, but like, I only have like a month or two until yes, it's done. It makes so much sense because people are going to want to start it. In November, just so more raising have it. awareness, yes, and yes. then also we did. Pro. I've gotten probably like twenty or thirty different worship leaders just individually writing in saying, "Hey, can you release it early so uh-huh. we can get some songs?" So we can going learn for it. Our, yes, yeah. that's exactly right. Um, so we thought, man, might as well. Earlier is better than later for yeah, us. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and and so I love Christmas music. I did a record already, and it's, there's so there's so many amazing Christmas songs filled with such rich theology and beautiful lyrics and beautiful melodies. And I realized, man, I haven't recorded Joy to the World yet, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Angels We Have Heard on High, Away in a Manger, I mean, What Child Is This? There's so many I hadn't recorded. Uh-huh. And there's a few I'd written um, over the last couple of years because I do uh, a Christmas tour, like a little short week-long yeah. thing at the beginning of December every year. And we try to write at least one new song for it. So, man, I have all these new songs. I even had this love song written for my wife, like yeah. this Christmas love song. Um that I I have no outlet for songs like that. Like uh-huh. I'll write a pop song or a love song, and it's just just not like I feel like the best use of my time in the studio right now for right. what I feel called to do. Right. Um. So to have a, finally a track that's undoubtedly dedicated to her. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. called This Year for Christmas. You know, I got all I want this year for Christmas. Don't need no presents under the tree. Because all I want this year for Christmas is waking up with you right next to me. It's kind of oh, like, yeah. got that, just like that old throwback thing. And and so I finally got to do something that's like, okay, this is for my wife, you know. And yeah. So I had all these songs and I thought, man, this is the year to do it. Yeah. And, uh, and actually, I wasn't I wasn't for sure about doing it. And I was going to be on a tour in the spring um, out, called Outcry. Yeah, yeah. And it ended up falling, falling through. Some things yeah. just didn't happen. And... Uh, and so it left me with a whole month of May. Mm. Just like, okay, I could book up some weekends really quick, probably do this or that. Um, but how about I don't and I just record a Christmas record? Yeah. And so it was it was a blast. It was such a fun time. Um, we're going to talk more about Christmas, but that triggers a deeper question to me to ask you that I bet a lot of our friends listening have experienced when 
outcry falls through. Mm-hmm. When a thing falls through. Yes. When the thing that you thought was going to work doesn't work. Yes. And yet what ends up coming from it is a Christmas album. Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, it was a good... It was. I'm so glad that things worked out. I mean, obviously, some people had a bummer year for because of that. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry. It would have been beautiful if it happened. But it's so cool. Yeah. That, so talk about open doors and closed doors with God, and uh, how you how you learn to call them all a blessing. Yeah, I think one of the biggest learning moments in my life, in a lot of reasons, but for the open and closed door thing, um, in 2013, I believe, I was out on a tour and I my voice was just dying. I could not get through by the by the third or fourth night, like I could not get through the first three songs. And I was supposed oh to sing gosh. an hour and a half. Like it was <gasps> weird. Oh my gosh! To the point where the promoter, who the pro- off, promoters are usually, show goes on at all costs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they've already put in there. Yeah, yeah. And he he went up to me. He's like, "Man, there's something up. Like you need to go home, mm. get it checked out." And there was still like five more shows to do. And and uh, and if the, if that's what the promoter says, um, like if the promoter says that was kind of embarrassing, I'm like, yeah, "You're right," you know. Yeah. Um, so, and I was depressed. I was like, what in the world is going on? And I went back home, checked it out, ended up having a polyp on my vocal cord, which is like usually the result, like my vocal cord had hemorrhage, like a, a blood vessel had burst or something. And, um, so there was an injury on it and then I didn't treat, I didn't know that happened. And so I kept singing on it. And then this like blood polyp coagulated skin tissue thing happens. That's Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, yeah. it's really cool. <laughs> Uh, it happens, and when you have that on your vocal cord, it can't vibrate the right um, tempo as your other vocal cord, and ah. so you can't actually hit so you notes. Can't sing. Can't sing. It, you're, I was very hoarse, and I was trying to hit notes, and it just like I literally had my lost control. It was so weird, and because uh, it's always been so just part of what I do. Yeah. And then, and so it's like, okay, you got to be silent for a month on, on steroids, no talking, no singing. You got to be silent a month. Yeah, and I'm just with like four kids. Yes. Or well, at some the time, at it was time. probably two and a half. You know, I had one on, on the way. <laughs> You know, Two and a half. yeah, and uh, and, and and so totally silent, no talking, no singing, steroids. Um, went back after the month, they said it's still there. I said, Talk on it for two days and come in. So I talked on it, normal came in, it was bleeding in my in like had had like blood. Sp- uh, sorry, guys, no, keep on. It just means it, it was it was bad, it was yeah. for me. And they said, Okay, this is if you want to get back on the road anytime this year. If you want any chance of this going away, we're going to have to surgically remove it. And and we, we have great technology now. We think we can do it great, but there is risk. If there's if it doesn't heal perfectly, you'll have scar tissue. Scar tissue will affect your ability to sing, take a lot of your endurance away. You might have to change a lot of how you do what you do. Um, so And, and, and that's like your income and yeah. your ministry and your calling. It's a lot wrapped up in what happens with your voice. Right. And so there's two sides. It's like, oh, I'm not hearing. I could be told I have a tumor or something. And that, sure. Like, I didn't want to be overdramatic. You know what I mean? Because there's there's a lot worse things you could hear while you're sitting in a hospital. You know, like yeah. the doctor's telling me what's going on. But at the same time, yeah. There's not like, you know, how I provide for my family, what I've been doing. like yeah. my calling. But out of all of it, I felt like, man, like, what am I worth if I don't have this, like oh, I just wow. that that was like my, my biggest thing. And now in hindsight, I realized, wow, so much of like my identity and so much of what I thought was important was like people telling me I was doing a good job. Yeah. A, not applause like to build my ego, but applause to tell me like, man, you're doing okay. Like we'll, we'll you know, we like we like what you're like. I yeah. I was so my my so emotional well being was so much based on the approval of men. I realized. Mm. And uh, and and I, I t- so much insecurity that I didn't. I wouldn't even call myself an insecure person, but I realized, wow, I was so insecure because I was going through this thing, and 
and just thought, I remember being so depressed because of that, like, okay, if I can't come back and just like give it my all every night, then what do I have to give and all that? And then I was supposed to play at this event called Catalyst. Yeah. I was supposed to lead worship and I couldn't. So they asked me to write a letter saying, this is what's going on. Um, love you guys kind of thing. Like, they're like, just write a paragraph or two. And I was like, so I started and I was just kind of like sitting there, um, again, it's totally silent. And God met me as I was crying out to him, like, I just got frustrated. Like, in my mind, I was like, why, Lord? Like, at, at the same exact week, a song of mine called This Is Amazing Grace went number one. Yeah. So it was like, it was like, I could be out, like, singing this song. And yeah. it's, but I'm just here and I'm canceling like six months of things and yeah. what's going on. And, uh, and God showed up in such a massive way in that room. Uh, unlike, there's maybe two other times in my life where I, f- I felt so much the nearness of God, um, his, his heart for me undoubtedly just his presence you know and it, it was like a real holy moment in my life yeah. and uh, I just and he was just speaking to me the simple truth I just over and over again in my heart I just felt like God was saying I'm your father and you are my child I'm your father and you are my child like I just, that was this running like you're a child of, of you, you are my child and I and I just felt like this question was going on like what does that mean what does that mean what does that mean for you and I just remember thinking that means like and, and and in that moment of realizing, like, whoa, like, God who created stars and formed mountains, that he would call me his own, that he would give me everything I need, that he's, his yeah. plans for me. Like, it was the first time I really started having a reason and to be challenged to believe that his plans for me are good and not of evil, that he's working things together for good, that I have nothing to fear if the God of all the universe is on my side and calls me his child. Just like these these very Sunday school truths became real to me yeah. in, a, in probably, like, the first way they really ever did. Like, yeah. I... And uh, all that being said, it, it really did change me. And, and thankfully, I got surgery, and I, I, I say it's a miracle because they were, they were saying in two months we should start seeing some really solid healing. And then I went in a three-week checkup, and they like, gasped in the hospital room and uh-uh. said they could, if they didn't do the surgery, they wouldn't even know it had happened. Like they, were, they, couldn't, wow. they, they wouldn't know, even be able to see it. You know? uh-huh. um, so I think it was a direct result of a lot of prayer. Yeah. Um, so I was back on the road in like three months. And uh, but just practicing living in that idea of God as as my Father has brought so much freedom and so much joy and so much lightness and so much more authenticity to my to my songs and my worship. It's been totally life changing. And so that was a long story. And your initial question was like, so when God closes a door, um, and that was open, a really good doors, story. Well, it's that, that was like that was that was a there's three big moments. Like when I got married. Um, when I came, when I came to Jesus, when I got married, when that happened, and then when I felt God's call in my life to do this, like yeah. those are four moments where it's like, that I'll never forget. And and so living in that freedom of like, tr- if you truly believe that the God of the universe, like all powerful, almighty God who like, who split the waters open and raises people from the dead, if you really believe everything He says about you, everything He says you are, everything He says He is. Um, and, and that he'll never leave him first. If you believe these promises, then, then there's no such thing as a, I mean, in a way, there's no such thing as a closed door. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just protection. That's it. You know, there's no such thing. I mean, it, it, I mean obviously, there's, there's stuff that you can do and you can't do, but it's, it's, it changes your perspective. It's like God is protecting you. He's teaching you. He's making you become a, more of what he, you're, you're supposed to be. He's leading you into a better thing. It's like it changes your prayer. Knowing who God is and knowing who you are in him changes your prayers from like, God, change it. 
God, do this, God, do that, to like, God, I worship you. God, I can't wait to see what you have in store. Um, God, I trust you, you know? And like, and obviously, we, you know, it's good to ask for stuff. And we're told, like, if you ask, ask in my name and according to his will, you'll get it, you know? That's awesome. It's beautiful. But like, it's just, it rearranges priorities to a place where like, even your prayers and your desires change. Like, so, literally, I was, after that moment, I didn't know if I was, what was going to happen. Yeah. I just had the surgery. I had to be quiet for another two months. And, uh, but I was so full of joy and peace yeah. and excitement. I just thought, wow, like, what does God have? If I'm not going to go on the road anymore, if I can't, if I open my mouth and it sounds disgusting, you know, like, man, I'm so excited to see, to be able to tell the story of what God did in my life to yeah. what the next thing he brings me to, you know? Yeah. Um, it's so beautiful. It's, it really opened my eyes the first time to understanding I could have gone, there's a lot of people going through a lot more tough stuff than I did, but it started making me understand like re- the, you know, um, count it all joy idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, because of who we're counting on. Yeah. You may remember this from your single days, but I'm not married. I'm not married yet. Mm-hmm. And when I think about dating, there is a difference when you change your mindset from, I can't believe this didn't work to, okay, God, you, you close doors and you open doors. Yep. Right. And the same is true for any of our friends who want something that they don't have yet. Right. Or that something didn't work that they thought was going to work. You just go, okay, it doesn't mean we understand. It doesn't mean we can't be emotional or sorry about it either. It's just, it's just we have this deeper thing called joy. There's a deeper thing. Yeah. Yeah. And a deeper, like, it's trust. Trust. Yes. A deeper trust. I guess trust even precedes joy. Does it? You know, don't you think? I'm thinking. Because you trust, how can you have, because if you trust in a God, that is that is on Enjoy. proceeds comes before. Yeah. How can you? I'm just thinking it with you. Yeah. This is this is what I'm thinking out loud. Yeah. I want um, you to because if you trust in you trust in a God that is for you. Yep. Wow. I can have, be so thus I can have joy in this situation. Yeah. Because the God of all all the universe is working together things for good in my life and has yes. a plan. So the trust precedes obedience and precedes joy. It's, I think, don't you think? Yes. As you're talking, I'm, th- I'm thinking if, if, if someone said to me, I want to raise my joy, I would say, raise your trust. Yeah. And the joy will come up versus going, well, when your joy comes up, so will your trust. Yeah. I do think, I think. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't dear quote everyone, myself. Dear we're, everyone, we're publicly processing this. <laughs> do you know what? Also, I think, I think if someone said, how do you raise your joy? I would say raise, I would say be thankful out loud. That's what I would say. Okay. Don't you? Yes. Walk, walk, go outside, start. There is, even in the worst situation, you could say thank you for the, this beautiful tr- green tree right here. Yeah. Thank you for the breath of my lungs. Thank you that you are on my side. Thank you for yeah. the stars that you put in the heavens to remind me of how great you are. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood that you shed. Sometimes I'll do that when I'm not, when I'm feeling bummed. Yeah. And two minutes into that, I've gone from like, Oh, I'm so anxious. I'm so yeah. frustrated to saying, "Oh Lord, I love you." You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Grateful heart is is a powerful thing. We'll lead the way. You're right. I think you're right. Be grateful out loud. I'm like I literally love, yeah. writing my brain. I have to see words written down, so I'm moving them all around in my mind. I don't That's know which right. ones come first, but I, and maybe they all come together. I don't know. Yeah. But, but trust. Yeah, and joy trust right? precedes joy. Gratefulness precedes worship. Quote Phil Wickham. (laughs) For sure, quote Phil Wickham. That is good. I don't know if it's, I don't actually know. We're going to see it all over Twitter today. Yeah. As people are listening, they're going to, we're going to see it and they're going to tag you and we're going to know. Okay. Um, I think that's great. Merry Christmas, everybody. (laughs) 
that. Thanks for being here, everybody. We're back. <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it's just hard for me because I'm in a non-Christmas show and a non-Christmas album. I want to dig so far into this. Yes, and it, but and so I think I think what you're saying is really profound because for our friends who believe what we believe or don't believe what we believe, everybody's been disappointed. Oh yeah, and everybody gets to Christmas and it's it's the holidays are very polarizing in a lot of ways. Either you have everything you want. But that's so rare. Usually it's, oh, are we here again and I don't have what we want? Or what did we lose this year? And here's our family and it's missing people. Yeah. Or, you know, and so for you to have us process through gratefulness and trust and joy on the precipice of a holiday that that is supposed to be all fun if we just watch Hallmark. <laughs> but the reality is there can be pain on the inside of it. Yep. That's really um, a gift you've given us. Yeah. Man. Even in the darkest time, in Jesus, there's always hope, right? Even in the worst situation, at the end of it, is a renewed earth and a Jesus on the throne. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm teaching this Sunday at church, and I'm teaching on not grumbling. And my literally my third point is, are you sure the story's over? Because mm. we love to complain when we think it's we see the whole complain. thing. Yeah, because we think we see the whole thing, so we go, wait, I see this whole story, and I'm disappointed with how it's gone. Yeah. And and every time what the Lord says back to me when I turn, when I become that version of Annie, the complainer version of Annie, mm-hmm. the Lord will go, are you sure the story's over? Yeah, it's definitely not. It's never over, because the end of the story is Jesus is on the throne, and the earth is renewed, and we are all healthy, and we are, every tear is wiped away, and all that is true. Yeah. So, but even on earth, the story may not be over. Right. For whatever he's telling. Yes. And so, but... So what you're saying just rings so true to what I've been like deep in Processing. this week. Yeah. Yeah. Before I get up and preach it on preach Sunday. It. It's going to be awesome. Well, let's hope so. We'll see. Um, okay. Is there anything we didn't talk about you want to talk about? Uh, uh, I could talk about nothing else <laughs> or I'll talk about whatever you want to ask me about. <laughs> um, well, you are welcome back here anytime. So if Thank you think you. of more things. Okay. If you have another album come out, if Sounds you're just passing great. through, yeah. you are part of the family here. That's kind so of you. Thank you, you are so very much. Welcome. Here's one thing I do want to do. I want to look up my other favorite song of yours. Because yeah. I know what it is in my heart, but I don't know the title. Okay. What, it's what the one about it? ships. Sailing on a ship. Oh, I'm sailing on a ship. That one? Yes. That one came out of my love for the wonderful land of Narnia. Really? Yes. Oh, do you the talk Dawn about Reaper Cheap in it? I, I don't, but I allude to it. Uh, so Reaper Cheap, for those of you who aren't Narnia nerds, is this character <laughs> like in... Yeah. Who, who's a character in The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, which is one of the books in the Chronicles of Narnia. I, I actually just finished reading them probably for the sixth time. Yeah. But I read them with my kids yeah. for, for the first time, and they were enthralled. Yes. Um, well, the, the four-year-old... She kind of checked out. To be fair. Yeah. I, They're all she, very cute, by the way. Thank you for putting la- oh, them on the you. internet. Thanks for sharing their faces thank with us. Thank you. At Phil Wickham. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, they're awesome. The four, she held in there. Yeah. She so really, it was the first time you read it out loud to all of them. Yeah, it was so magical. Yeah. And we had the best, the most, the deepest, best conversations about Jesus that we've ever had because yeah. of those books, you know? Because yeah. they, it's not, it's not us telling them about the cross. Yeah. And who God is, it's it's them realizing there's these correlations, uh-huh. and I, I'm just kind of trying to ask questions without giving away the answers. Like, what does that remind you of? You know? Yeah. And, wow, like it's pretty amazing, right? Yeah. Um. So that was amazing. But so, Voyage of the Dawn Shredder, um, there's this little mouse called Reaper Cheap, and ever since he was this little baby mouse, he tells about like how some some I don't know forest nymph or something mm-hmm. would sing over sing sing over his cri- his crib, 
uh, this song about how he's going to go east and he's going to get to Aslan's country. Yeah. And, and so I kind of kind of correlated and that, that metaphor of like how we're all, like on anybody on that, that path to Aslan's country is this idea of just being with God, you know? Yeah. And so we're all kind of on that path and headed and there's storms and crazy moments and moments to be afraid. Um, but it's like, it's about like, just like keeping to the things you know are true. Like he knew what was true is to continue going east where the sun was rising every morning. Keep just, keep it pointed in that direction and trust, you know? Yeah. And I thought there's such a cool metaphor in that for us, which I haven't, I don't, I haven't really unpacked yet and mentally, you know, enough to even talk that much about it other than like, I think it's like the things, there's so many mysteries and there's so many unknowns and so many disappointments like we've talked about. Um, but there's, there's some things that we, we as believers, we who read the Bible and call it truth, there's some things that we hold as truth and we can stand on mm-hmm. um, in any situation. And, and the, the, to us, that's like our East, you know, yeah. to keep our, keep our souls pointed to that place where the sun is rising. And so there's, um, I'm trying to think, um, it, even like he's, he, he had the, in, the, in this poem that this, this woman would sing over him, it would talk about how the water would no longer be salty. It'd be yeah. sweet one day. And so even like there's a, a little bit of that in the, in yeah. the song. Let's see. I'm trying, to avoid, uh, trying to think of that second verse. I can't remember. To where the water's running sweet and bright, the sun is rising in the eastern sky. I leave it all behind to reach for more. I'm sailing on to your golden shore. Oh, yeah. whoa, whoa. <laughs> that was just that was a little extra thank you end. yeah that's you guys aren't going to get that on the album yeah that's a bonus for that's, that sounds fun friends yes um that definitely that, didn't sound fun though. do you know what is going to be really interesting is i have never read voyage of the dawn treader oh yeah and i'm halfway through it right now oh wow so what is that about that's crazy what's the lord doing right now this in this very minute that he's doing some narnia magic right now else, i told a story of uh, on Instagram, on one of my stories about how I felt like this season that God's had me like, I'm uncomfortable in my skin. He's something is changing, and I can just feel this like I'm having to wrestle down some stuff. Yep. And all these people said that reminds me of the story in A Voyage of Dawn Treader where he gets out of his skin. You remember? Yeah. Eustace. Eustace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, "You should read that one because I've read I've read others when I used to I used to teach elementary school and mm-hmm. I would read them out loud to the kids because yep. it was a public school and I could yeah it's as gospelly as I could get yeah yep. and um but I'd never gotten to Voyage of Dawn Treader awesome and so I'm reading it right Voyage now is one so of my I'm favorites. like okay now I need to go but I'm just when I I'm gonna tell you when I've got this all done I'm gonna say Phil this is why the Lord lined you up with me reading that book with me asking you about sailing on a ship because it's not even the name of an album right that's a deep that's a deep cut. I feel yeah. like that's. A, I'm not trying to brag on myself, but I feel like that's a deep cut to it love is. that one. It's impressive. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's that, what I needed that, you to 2009 say. 2009 or something. I brought you here to, okay. to say you're, that to me. Very impressive. Annie, very impressive. Yes. Um. So something we've done with all year long with every guest on the show is secretly behind the scenes. I've been having them tell Christmas stories, and we've yeah. saved them all up. Awesome. And we're dropping them all over these episodes for the 12 days of Christmas. Cool. But we don't have to surprise them with yours because you're sitting here. So yep. will you tell us a one to two minute, one of your favorite Christmas memories or recipes or stories or um, funny or sad or anything, whatever comes to your mind when you think about your favorite part of Christmas? Yeah, well, what comes immediately to mind when I think about Christmas is uh, the last four or five years. It's just a little tradition. It's very simple. It's not going to blow anybody's minds or anything like that, but... My favorite thing that is our our neighborhood that we live in, it gets they get way into Christmas decorations. Oh, I love and it! And so my kids are like, it's like Disneyland, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so after dinner, they get their jammies on and all that, 
And because uh, my kids are still young, it's at the time like so that now they're eight, six, four, two. Um, Penelope. Oh, Mab- that's easy to remember. Yeah, okay, right sorry, now. Go. Penelope, all, keep going. Penelope, Mabel, Lottie, Henry. So three oh, girls and a boy. That's really cute. And and man, we we just jam in the car, and I I go really slow, and we're just in the neighborhood, so I we all go in the front seat to. Yeah. Well, they're in the passenger seat yeah, with yeah, my yeah. wife, and I'm in the driver's seat or whatever, or vice versa. And uh, and we just we put on that King Cole and we just drive around and we talk about Jesus coming and we look at the lights and we and it's just and we, we usually sometimes we bring in like caramel corn or whatever yeah. or a little treat and it's so simple but when someone asks me like what's your favorite memory of Christmas or what do you remember and uh, I mean, there's been all, lots of great Christmases growing up but um, I think I, I just I had those moments. I, there's like one specific memory where I remember looking over to the driver's seat and seeing all four of their heads, yeah. like looking out of the passenger window. So I'm seeing like the silhouette and there's this like giant blinking house <laughs> and we roll down the window and it's set to Star Wars music. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, it's like in, in the yeah. whole, the whole cul-de-sac is programmed to this station. So you turn on the station oh, and wow. it's, and it's like Star Wars Christmas stuff yeah which it's star wars music and and also christmas stuff yeah and i just remember have blaring that like and seeing their head silhouetted and i'm just, I'm just gonna remember it forever i had this moment of like like i can't believe i have a family like yeah. this is crazy yeah i can't believe those four people are mine and yeah. that's my wife and we're looking at christmas lights and this is the best moment of my life oh that's i think brilliant. that's that's my favorite christmas memory ever that's really sweet that is what is what I? It's um, so simple. No, like what a core good feeling. It's like, just that's that that's like my family. Like I will never forget. Like I can picture it perfectly. Yeah, you know. Yeah, good. That's beautiful. Okay. Well, the last question we always ask because the show is called "That Sounds Fun." Yes. Tell me what you do for fun. Oh, is there time for fun anymore? I love. <laughs> I love writing songs. Really? I, I, for fun? I love it. Okay. Sometimes it's real. It's the it's the opposite of fun, but uh-huh. even that's what makes it fun. Yeah, the challenge you know? of it. I just I love writing songs. I mean, specifically, I love writing, finding new things that light my heart up personally. That for the as a worship song, as a song uh-huh. to sing to God. Uh-huh. That I think, wow, I think this could connect with a with a bigger audience than just my heart and yeah. God. You know, yeah. When I fall upon those ideas, I wish they were all. I wish they were easy to come by because they're not for me. Yeah. But I'm always searching like yeah. um, airplanes. And every time I have, there's a piano nearby, it's like I'm the annoying guy pounding on it, you know. Yeah. Um, that's I love writing songs. And I I, I really need I, – I love being around people. I don't, I don't know if I'm an introvert, extrovert. I'm, I'm like – anytime I've taken those tests – I'm like 51% one or the other, you know? <laughs> right. Um, but I do need like that recharge – time and that so i found that just running yeah like i love like i don't i wouldn't call it fun yeah but like very satisfying yeah you know like getting, and it's when you get your podcast in i get my podcast in yeah. and i'll also i'll just like take it i'll just be totally quiet and just yeah. like okay i'm just like i'm pushing myself and and something about getting my heart rate up like yeah. i feel like i start thinking i feel like my brain works differently yeah i i start thinking about things differently and new ideas come and and uh, it's hard to explain, but and I get really emotional too. Mm-hmm. Like I think because I'm picturing myself like in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever? I don't yes. know if you, especially yes. when you're listening to like I remember the first time I I heard what a beautiful name. Mm. It was when that when Hillsong came out and yeah. you know Brooks singing it and to get to the the bridge and I'm running and I started running as fast as I could. Oh my gosh! And started crying. <laughs> 
And and I was on the I was on the PCA like the the street that goes along the beach in San yeah. Diego, and there's tons of people. Uh huh. I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> like running as fast as I could. Like this is amazing. And uh, just moments like that, it's just like it's, it's something about running that gets me. Going. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you find writing songs um, to be so fun because it's such a gift to the rest of us. Oh, so. it's fun in the worst. Yeah. It's fun and annoying. Well, don't but quit. The, the, for the moments that ha- it works, it's yeah. like, okay, that was yeah. worth all the struggle. Yeah. Well, Phil Wickham, I'm grateful to be in the same generation as you oh, to be a... with your music. So thank, thank you. Thank you so much for the podcast, too. Oh. The times I listen to it, it's so Pleasure. life-giving. Ah, thanks. I, it's really fun. I'm grateful to get to do it. Um, will you wish everybody a Merry Christmas and we'll be done? Merry Christmas, everybody. Have a great season. Try to be patient with your family and love the people around you. Love you. Ah, friends, isn't he just the best? What a great guy to be like the guy at the party who is always playing music but is also great to talk to. That just doesn't happen all the time, you guys. So I am so grateful to Phil Wickham for not only kicking off our 12 days in a row of Christmas shows, but also letting us use his music for the whole month so that we're always hearing Christmas music in the background. Make sure you've grabbed a copy of his album, Christmas, and give him a follow on Instagram, Twitter, all the places. Tell him thanks for being on the show and how much it meant to you and how much you're enjoying his new Christmas album. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. F is in fancy because we are throwing a fancy party around here, you guys. Just get ready. You're going to need to do some stretching. You're going to need to do some prepping. 12 shows in a row is no joke, but I don't want you to miss any of them. They are going to be so, so good. We've got chefs. We've got authors. We've got musicians. We've got pastors. We've got Santa. We've got everybody, you guys. We have everybody you could ever want at a Christmas party is at this Christmas party. Hey, speaking of, as you know, we have little Christmas stories from every guest we've had all year. So a couple of those will be tossed in here at the end. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out and do something that sounds fun to you, and I'll do the same, and we will see you back here tomorrow. All about Hallmark Christmas movies. You knew we had to do it. Christmas at Dollywood. We were in it. We're going to talk all about it. Y'all are going to love it. We'll see y'all tomorrow. My name is Amina Brown. I am the host of the Her with Amina Brown podcast and author of How to Fix a Broken Record. My favorite Christmas memory is the Christmas that I realized that Santa was not going to come to the hood because Mm. my grandma lived in the hood at the time and there were no chimneys. And I remember being six years old being like, I don't know how Santa gonna get in here. Is Santa coming through the hood, through the front doors? <laughs> so I was like, I'm sleeping on the couch because I want to watch Santa walk through this door. I made these cookies and uh, Santa didn't come to the hood. I don't mm. know. Maybe you told me Santa comes on here. Yeah, he comes on the show. So I'll ask him. Maybe you can ask him. You could also ask him if he's listened to James Brown's um, Santa Claus <laughs> go straight to the ghetto and maybe um, maybe Santa could talk about that. So that particular year, there was no Santa. There was no Santa. Mm. There were some gifts somehow sure. without Santa, but Santa did not come. So Absolutely. my grandma and proxy was like, <laughs> here go these gifts. And that's one of my favorite memories because I feel like there still has not been an accurate Christmas movie to explore the ways that Santa is going to diverse 
uh, and I don't mean that as a code word for black. I'm saying diverse in the sense of like apartments, condos, homes that got a chimney, mm-hmm. homes that don't. I just want to know about that, Santa. So maybe you can pose that question and Santa mm-hmm. can answer. How does Santa get in and out of some of these places? All right. My name is Knox McCoy. I've written a book. I'm an author called The Wondering Years. Uh, it's about how I found God through pop culture. My favorite Christmas memory is I was 10 years old. Uh, all I wanted was a Super Nintendo. Um, I didn't think I was going to get it. And we opened all of our presents and I didn't get it. And I was trying to hide my disappointment. And my dad said, hey, why don't you go upstairs? I've got a gift for your mom. Go grab it for me. And I went upstairs and it was the glorious Super Nintendo system with Mario Kart laid out for all of us to behold. And I yelled so loud that it registered on the downstairs VHS uh, camcorder. And it was the most wonderful thing in my life. And I played for like 42 hours and killed millions of brain cells. But it was a beautiful memory for me. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Lee Dooley, author of Own Your Every Day. And my Christmas story is that when I was a child, I was probably about 10 years old, my mom was breeding one of our dogs and she was she went into labor on Christmas Eve Mm-mm. in the room, in the basement, below my room. And I was only 10 years old and I heard something squealing. And so I run downstairs and, and that night on Christmas, I learned how babies are born. <laughs> <laughs> you watched the whole thing. Well, my mom said, hurry, help. And I had to help hold the leg or something. (laughs) And out came a puppy. And I was like, I'm not sure how I feel about this. (laughs) But Merry Christmas. This is a lot. (laughs) 